0: When you think back about your last year, lockdown, (laughs) or maybe you're stuck, stuck at home, or you're stuck in a particular situation, a job, maybe even a relationship, and when you're stuck like that, right, all you can think of is, I want to get out! Please, can someone pull me out? You're stuck and you pray to God, please, can you change this situation? You know, if you feel that way, um, let me just say, I felt that way as well. I'm sure everyone here has as well. And today's passage is for you, for you stuck people. But let me just warn you, what he has to say is very hard truth, but very helpful truth because it says, and you look in verse 20, it says this each of you, each person, should remain in that situation. Hey, go where? <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm asking to be rescued. And here is God's word saying again and again and again, by the way, you see it stay there, remain there, because that is where God has called you. And Paul, we'll, see, we'll say this actually to three different groups of people. That's our three points today. You speak to the married people. So I see a few married people in the Zoom call. To you, so you single people. All you who so are not married, you're here in the Zoom call as well. And to slaves. I don't think there are any slaves here. But let's see what Paul says to the slaves. <laughs> married, singles, and slaves. So let's, let's start with the married people. So the married people, what he says to them in is verse 4. That's the key verse. And what verse 4 is trying to say to you married people, you, married people, you belong to one another. If you're very bold, you should say to your wife or your husband, I belong to you (laughs) and that you belong to me. Because verse 4 says, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but to the husband. And the husband, the same thing, does not have authority, but over to the wife. Meaning, you don't belong to yourself. You belong to the other person. That's the general idea. And if you get that, I belong to the other person, then verse 5 makes sense. Verse 5 says, Therefore, don't deprive yourself, from one another. Don't withhold yourself from one another. And the question I have is this, why do you have to tell married couples this? Isn't this obvious? I mean, you're married, you love one another, why do I have to tell you that you have to love one another? And the answer in verse 1 is so strange and interesting because verse 1 implies it's because of church. It's because they're trying to be very spiritual. Verse 1 says, now for the matters that you, you wrote to me about, you are saying it is good for a man not to touch or to have a relationship with a woman, a sexual relationship. Now, by the way, what Paul is saying is, that sounds okay, right? You know, you shouldn't have relations with someone of the opposite sex. But what Paul is saying, by the way, this should not apply to married people. I hope you know that. I hope you know that if you're married, you should not apply this kind of rule. But the thing is, they don't, they don't realize this. Because they think, this church thinks that because I'm a Christian, I should not well, love my husband love my wife in this way and Paul saying what are you talking about that crazy. is crazy This is the opposite thing and he says two things verse 3 he says this is your duty meaning you must do this and verse 4 he said verse 7 so he says this is a gift you guys should be enjoying this relationship in your marriage you know don't, don't hold back this gift from one another and by the way in speaking to the marriage there's going to be part A, B, C, D so this is part A this is the easiest one by the way if you're married please please love each other as married people and here's the thing about thing, because i know all you married people are such godly people you serve in church you serve in life fellowship here's a danger don't use church as an excuse not to love not to love your husband or your or your wife or even don't use god or jesus as a reason not to be as fully loved you don't belong to yourself you belong to the other person now that is the easiest one, by the way. <laughs> That's the easiest easiest point so far. Part 1a part one a of, of 4, okay? Let's go to part 1b. This is getting harder. This is verse 10. Verse 10. Okay, serious, serious. Verse 10. A wife must not separate from her husband. Verse 11. A husband must not divorce his wife. Now, you might think that this is obvious, but Paul pulls out the big guns because he says, I don't say this. Jesus says this, verse 10. He says, not I, but the Lord says this. And what he's saying to this husband and wife who are thinking of breaking apart. Both of them are Christians, by the way, who are thinking of breaking apart. He's saying, hey, God looks at your marriage as something that is permanent, important. So even if it breaks down and even if you maybe, you know, you find it hard to love one another anymore, please do not get married to someone else. Oh, that, that's hard. That's hard. It's essentially saying something that should be very obvious. But in God's eyes, marriage is really for life. It's this permanent good thing. You can't say today, I want to marry you. And then tomorrow, oh, I want to marry this other person. Therefore, I'm going to leave you and marry this other person instead. And you find that Jesus does say this. Matthew 19, Luke 16, Mark 10. And Paul just saying, go, go read the Gospels. You know, I'm not even saying this. You know this. You can see this in the Gospels. And that's very hard. That's very hard. Because it's, it's very, very you know tricky what if you know you start thinking what is this situation what the situation and that's where you come to item C and D so item B by the way he says you cannot separate you cannot break your marriage apart but item C says this and this is verse 12 the item C says what if my husband or my wife is not a Christian so that's one C says. and Paul says the same thing in verse 12 he must not divorce her verse 13 she must not divorce him now this is uh, can I just say that this is um, if at all, any of the things I'm saying is really hard or really difficult, please go not come talk to me. Go and talk to Xiong Yap, go and talk to Julian. <laughs> and and ask, And what I mean is, talk to someone you trust, and someone who will really point you back to God. And this is a situation whereby, you know, maybe you know your husband doesn't like it that you're going to church. Or maybe you think, oh, because I love Jesus, and I want to put him first. Maybe I should put my husband aside, or my wife aside. And Paul is essentially saying, you know what, because you're a Christian, that is still not a good excuse. Even though he is not a Christian, even though she is not a Christian, Paul actually says, you are a Christian. That's the most important thing. They might not believe in God, but because you know God, and you want to obey everything that God is doing, he actually says, verse 14, your husband who doesn't believe God is actually blessed. He says, the unbelieving husband has been sanctified or holified through his wife. The wife has been sanctified through her husband. And more than that, notice verse 14, even your children have been sanctified through this marriage. Just because you are the only believer in your family, do you realize Paul is saying you are such a blessing to your family? Now I must say that this word sanctify or holy five does not mean that they will automatically become Christians, but it does mean that they are blessed because you are a Christian. You are a life in their lives. That's one C. And finally, one day, and this is the hardest, maybe most saddest thing, whereby he says, what if the person leaves? Your husband, your wife, who doesn't believe in God, and therefore can't stand you anymore, leaves and walks out. And can I just say, this is so, so sad again, and it sometimes does happen. And they say to you, I don't love you anymore because you love Jesus. And therefore, I think I can't stay in this relationship anymore. Verse 15 says, if the unbeliever leaves, let it be. So, you know, like I said, this is very sad, but it does happen. And in that situation, Paul is speaking in such a loving way. Again, this is, I I don't want to read the whole thing. Please read this for yourself. But Paul actually says to this person, he says, you're not Jesus. Because he says to them, you can't save them by forcing them to stay here. Verse 16, he actually says to them, how do you know, wife, whether you can save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, that you can save your wife? That was tough, right? <laughs> tough for you to listen, tough for me to say yeah. as well. But that's that's my process to the marrieds in the different challenges that they may face. Now, can I just say that if any of you are listening to this and you think, so strange, today's sermon is quite boring, doesn't apply to me. Can I just say, you will definitely know someone whom this applies to. You know, I have friends who struggle with this. And again and again, I have to take up this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter seven, read it together with them. And I guarantee you, maybe you have friends that if they knew you enough and if they trusted you enough and if they knew you actually had some wisdom and some counsel from God's word to speak to them from this, they would probably want to talk to you about this. So please, maybe for, not for your sake, but maybe for theirs, maybe listen out and see what is it that God could be using me to speak into that situation, into that marriage, to those friends. Yeah. Okay. So that's part one of three, merits. Okay. All right. Married people, I think that's the section for you. Now we move on to all the single ladies and all the single men. Put your hands up. Okay, all right.